So yeah, just when you're ready. I've been excited about Cyberpunk for the last probably year and a half. Why should we not introduce the podcast first? I mean, if you want to. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ramble Report. What episode are we on now? This, this is the third one. Third one. All right. Already three. Wow. And um, yeah, Cyberpunk. I'm really looking forward to it. We're dedicating this episode to just the stuff we like, stuff we're interested in, stuff that's coming up, mostly games. Mostly games, TV, we might talk about some some stuff that's already been out, but uh, yeah, we could talk about films. Yeah, stuff we like. Um, Not sure if anyone's any interest in this, but you know. People will listen. Silver and I will come. If people talk about Cyberpunk, I mean, I I hate fanboying about games, because I feel like... I'm just. I should be the more interested in other things as well, but when you throw this kind of project out there with such a good company behind it, with a company that has such a good track record, especially after The Witcher Three, yeah, it's but hard to not be excited. This is the same company that made Witcher Two, and that was dreadful. I mean, if that was the last game they made, and then they, yeah, people would be a bit more skeptical. People were skeptical about Witcher 3 until they started releasing gameplay videos and stuff. People were like, oh, Witcher 3 is trying to Witcher 2. This is going to be the worst thing in the world because Witcher 2 was, yeah, it was pretty bad. They did seem to fix the mistakes that were present in the. And one thing I really like about CG Project Red are doing is the, having a firm consumer first stance. We're not bringing out any kind of microtransactions. There's going to be no. Inbuilt DLC or anything like that. Oh, you no, mean like a um, DLC on disc type of thing? Yeah, there's going to be no kind mm-hmm. of like season pass bullshit. There's going to be no loot crates. Mm-hmm. All these very toxic things that are in gaming these days that yep. EA and other companies are just going crazy over. But um, no, they're not doing it. And they've come out and said we're never going to do it. There's going to be no kind of like day one access where you get like in game weapons for pre ordering. None of that stuff's in it. Everyone has the same exact chances of in-game of getting stuff, and that's got me excited. I like that, actually. It's pro-consumer. Oh, interesting. It's very pro-consumer. It's healthy. But then again, in terms of DLC, I'm not not necessarily against the idea of DLC. No, I like DLC. I just don't like it when they make it. And don't release it with the game. Yeah, and then they just store it in the game, and they just have to buy it. They should... You should play the game, wait a few months, then they'll bring out whatever they've been making. But it's like the DLC for Breath of the Wild, it didn't come out till like six months later or something yeah, like that. Red Dead Redemption's going the same way. Mm-hmm. This game's almost been out about six months. Well, I don't know, just around that. And um, no DLC yet, but it's coming. Because mm. they're making it. They didn't make it at the same time. But then it'd be interesting to see whether or not they expand upon it any further as well because I've, I've only seen little snippets of Cyberpunk 2077 I haven't actually I'm trying to keep it as pure an experience as possible like I want to get it and just not know anything about it yeah I'm, I'm tempted to watch like there's gameplay videos online and there were like videos of there be like 40 minutes long of pure gameplay I'm like yeah I'd love to watch it but at the same time I don't want to go in knowing exactly what to do what every single button means who all the characters are I was like nah I don't want to know them I know it's obviously the game's out yet and things so things are still subject to change 
But these gameplay trailers do show a lot of key characters. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. Beyond the introduction trailer, you don't really need to. Depending on what experience, if you want to just have a very pure, fresh experience for a game rather than like, oh, I recognize this bit from the trailer, or oh, I remember this from that gameplay footage we watched. Well, I know exactly what to do now because the guy made a video of you. But it keeps it a very pure experience if you just kind of don't bother watching any coverage for it. But, like, speaking as someone who hasn't actually seen a lot of coverage for Cyberpunk 2077, um, what exactly, what what's the what is the theme around it? Because obviously, I know it's set in the future, it's similar to like a Blade Runner esque. So it's know, sort of it's all about transhumanism. That's yeah. the main theme: people altering and, and augmenting themselves so, in a kind of Deus Ex way. Yeah. But it's see, I've, I've played Deus Ex, but I think Deus Ex is a bit more kind of streamlined. Everything's a bit more sexy in that game. Like everything's kind of high tech. But in Cyberpunk, there's a lot of like, um, it's very gritty at the same time. Like, people getting like really like um, hardcore custom implants that are very like black market stuff. It's, the word punk comes yeah. is the whole kind of thing. And you know, it's like make, it's like taking um, the punk genre and throwing robots into it and cyborgs. Well, I think to some extent you could argue that. It could almost exist in the same world as Deus Ex, but yeah. the main, the protagonist in Deus Ex, um, he came from like he's an agent. He was a well respected kind of he's career, an and, and the people he interacted with generally, you know, because he was unco- you know, the whole he was interacting with people who were also high ups, you know, because it was a very political kind of thing. Um, so it would be fair to say that it seems like cyberpunk centers on sort of the underclass. Elements of that world, yeah. I mean, like, Cyberpunk is it's it's a night city, and it's supposed to be like Los Angeles, right? In the future, and everyone has access to implants and stuff, right? They've commercialized the hell out of it. It's like going to the doctors and getting like a hair transplant or breast implants. You can just go and get like a gun, um, hidden in your wrist, like implanted in there. Or you oh, can right. get some kind of blade that comes out of your hand. Stuff like this craziness. And um, rich and poor alike have them, but I think from what I can see in the or what I can read about, there's going to be like a huge discrepancy between the quality of the implants people are getting. Right. Like you're going to be getting people very cheap stuff that's going to be breaking down and damaging their bodies compared to people who are wealthy and getting really good implants, really good cybernetic enhancements oh, okay. that are going to enhance them hugely. And... Um, you get people who are like, I can't remember what their name is, like splices or some kind of name that they do like legal Illegal transplants kind of thing, yeah. But they're not, they're not any less good, it's just... Unlicensed. Yeah, it's just it's for people who are like, uh, off the books kind of thing. Off the it's radar. like going to the vet to get a bullet wound stitched up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these kind of people, good at what they do, but they just, they, they charge more for it, I think. Because there's no paper trail. Like a Mexican abortion sort of thing. <laughs> you know, I am quite curious to see what direction they take it in because it does seem like it's, they're making a lot of world building to the point where I could almost see it as like more of an MMO kind of concept. It's a sandbox game, I'm told. Like, there's a lot of character customization in it. There's a lot of traveling involved. A lot of, yeah, it's you know, it's an RPG. 
And it does look like it could be an MMO from the way it's set out, like a lot of people walking around, but I'm glad it's not. I hate MMOs. But I think, so, I think to some extent, if you're going to go that far in world building, unless you've got a really gritty narrative, like a really gripping and long narrative that you guide the, you guide the gamer through, guide the person through, it's kind of, I don't know, you, you kind of, you don't really get the opportunity to explore as much as you maybe like to. I think there will be incentive to explore. Like I think you can find stuff and unlock stuff or have secret missions or because like best thing I can um contrast it to in Witcher Three. Okay. Because in that game you had the main missions and you had side missions as well. Mm-hmm. And if you did the side missions they would take you all over the map. If you did the main mission only, it'd only take you to a certain part of the map where the mission was based. No, okay. And you, so you wouldn't really see anything. But in Witcher 3, you are kind of. You, you do need to explore to find really good like schematics and weapons and upgrades and stuff. If you don't, you're not going to find anything good. And a lot of good quests in that game are actually hidden as well. You, you have to go off the beaten track to find some really cool things. So it's worth it. I think they're definitely going to do that again. They're going to maybe go off the beaten track a bit. Maybe, maybe go down some dark alleys in some shady part of the sea to find some kind of secret thing. Yeah, I'll be willing to do it. Just because of the build as well. The build this huge city. I'm like, I'm going to do it anyway. Even if the, even if there's like a mission that tells me to do it, I'm going to do it regardless. Just because I want to see what's down. It almost sounds conceptually a bit like Ghost in the Shell as well. Yeah, yeah, it's similar to that. Because that really did a good job. I'm not talking about the film, like, um, I mean, the film was fine, apart from the whole controversy. Which is, yeah, that's that's another that's another podcast. <laughs> um, but like in terms of the anime, like they did a really good job of world building and kind of you know taking you into this like cybernetic nightmare of a city where everything on the surface looked incredibly pristine and technologically advanced, but beneath the surface. It was all very, you know, seedy and dark. That cyberpunk, yeah. Well, it's not even on the surface. It's, it's just everything is seedy and dark. It's just a gritty place where, like, corporations are basically taken over the complete rule of law. And there's a really cool bit of gameplay, so that I wish I hadn't, where it's a, this woman is, like, having a heart attack in the middle of the street. Right. Or something's wrong with her. And she's dressed really well, and she's got like looks like she's from a good part of the city. And it's like a convoy comes down, it's like fucking airship thing. Yeah, yeah. And these armed gunmen get out and keep everyone at bay while these medics cater to her. Like she's obviously got some kind of subscription with like a company where she's ever in trouble, something will go off. Yeah, like an, an alert. Yeah. Yeah, and they'll come and rescue her and give her medical attention, and all because the city's so dangerous. There's armed personnel around at all times, saying if you get too close, we're gonna shoot you. This is a person with VIP access. God, can you imagine that if you had your Fitbit when it's like it's time to get walking, but every time a personal trainer with a gun turns up, <laughs> walk, Fanny, come on. Yeah, in my case, there's definitely gonna be some politics in this game that aren't shoehorned in. Oh, it's not it's no gender cool. politics or anything. It's politics more about class and like the discrepancy between the poor and the rich. Yeah, the rich poor divide. That's the main thing. Yeah, there's no, there's no bullshit like gender politics in this game. Like, I think it's 
It just basically sounds, the whole thing sounds like a love letter to uh, Blade Runner, to be honest. Yeah, could be. Because I think that really basic that basically invented the cyberpunk genre, let's be fair. Yeah, it's a good film. Fantastic film. So, I mean, if I could play an interactive version of Blade Runner, then sign me up. I am on board. Another version of that was Colin Farrell or something. Not Colin Farrell, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling was it. Which was actually surprisingly good, I'll give it that. Hmm. It was better than I thought it would be, and honestly, it's one of the best shot films I've seen. The story was okay, but like in terms of just the visuals, it was very well. The cinematography was fantastic. What was Colin Farrell in that was futuristic? Oh, he was in the Total Recall remake. Total Recall. I haven't seen that. Is that any good? No. No. Okay. But no, Cyberpunk due for release in April 2020, I believe. Yep. yep. So we've still got another year for that. Mm-hmm. What else are you looking forward to apart from that, though? Um, Borderlands. Looks like it's coming out soon next month. Yep, due for release on the 13th of September. I am all over that. I'm gonna get Yeah, release date probably. Um, I've purposely not found anything out about the game at all. Yeah, I've I, been very good at avoiding it. I've been pretty good. I've watched. I've only watched uh, one gameplay trailer, one walk, like little walkthrough type thing, which, yeah, okay, but I mean. Like I already know what to expect from Borderlands because we've played we played Borderlands one we played the se- uh, pre sequel yeah, we played game. yeah we know exactly what we're in store for shooting looting it's more about like the little it's all about the little side quest references to like pop culture like you do a quest that turns out like I don't know that you have to find the Borderlands equivalent of the Infinity Gauntlet I could bet you now yeah. there is going to be some sort of side quest for that there's always some pop culture references in this game. <laughs> But they're so. Some of them are so deep. Like some of the cuts are so deep. <laughs> like one of the weapons that I tell you, it referenced the Boondock Saints two. <laughs> Have you seen that tweet where Elon Musk got retweeted by the Borderlands people? No one. Elon Musk had like a flamethrower thing, and he had written some description about it and. The guy who was designing Borderlands, someone retweeted him and said, "Hey, look, can we put this in our game? Because <laughs> we want a flame for it." Really? He was like, "Yeah, sure. I think I hope it was real. It could have just been fake bullshit, like like a documented meme. Sorry, doc, a doctored meme. Mm. I hope it's real because I really like it when they're putting weapons in the game, like base and stuff. And they have funny like flavor text that's from popular culture. I could almost guarantee I know the name of the weapon as well. Elon's Musk. Probably." But no, I am really excited for that. It's been seven years since Borderlands seven 2. And the even then, even then, it's been five years since the pre-sequel. It's been out for five years, that is insane. Yep. But one thing, my favourite thing about the Borderlands series is, and I know it's not to everyone's taste, but I really enjoy the sort of cel-shaded graphics. I like it. Because nothing ages better than cel-shaded graphics. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to. Like you, I mean, you go back and look at Wind Waker from two thousand and three. Still looks good. It still looks better than any of the sort of pseudo realistic things from two thousand and three. Like, could you go back and play what looked better now when you look back at like Modern Morph, you know, Call of Duty three or whatever? Yeah, Wind Waker stands the test of time. So that's equally to like I'm still I I still play Borderlands two to this day, and it still looks fantastic. So Borderlands 3, 
to give me more of the same that'll last for hopefully another close to seven years because apparently Gearbox take that sweet time to make games. Mm. Which well, class? Do you know anything about the classes in this one? Or um, I know there's a siren in it again. Yeah. I think there's a siren in every game, isn't it? Pretty much because they're like some maid woman. Yeah. Um, I know there's some kind of stealth guy, I think. An agent, I said it. Like the yeah, agent. He's got like a holographic double. Okay. And there's I can't remember the other ones. One of them's oh one of them's like a beast monster and has pets. Haven't we had that before? No. Not in not in Borderlands. We've had a turret guy, haven't we? Yeah, we've had a couple of turret guys. In this one though we've got we've got some, we've got like a heavy who can call down a robot machine gun thingy. Like a actual companion to shoot the shit out of things. Cool, I think I'll go with the beast monster there, that's cool. I think honestly I'm probably gonna go down the operative route. Because basically you can create like a body double and like parallelize your weapons like across. So like if you've got a weapon, your double also has the same weapon as you. So is that more of a distraction or just double damage? Belt? Double damage plus you can like immediately you can immediately switch places. Oh, that's cool. Though. Yeah, because I mean effectively like not just combat. Like you think about like if you just want to take a shortcut, you can just send your body double over the gap and teleport across. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm making wild assumptions as to how this works. I Are doubt you invisible I, or no, no. Yeah, having thought about it, actually, I doubt you can deploy. I doubt you get to pick where you deploy your body double. Funniest game I've played where you can use like kind of powers in first person is probably Dishonored. That's a very cool game. Dishonored too, as well, because some of the powers you get to use. On your journey, it's phenomenal. Like you can go invisible, you can teleport, you can possess people, which is so cool. You can um, turn into like a shadow creature. Have you played it before? I'm honestly, I can't say that I have. Rec- I'd recommend it. You. You, can no. pick up, you can pick up just on for like ten quid. No, go on the list. Maybe we can do a let's play of something as well. Why not? Stay tuned. Stay tuned, folks. One of many on YouTube. Absolutely. Or Twitch, as all the kids are using these days. Twitch gets you more money. YouTube's demonetizing everyone left and right. But we're not in this for the money. No. But if I was to be doing a Let's Play, I would like the opportunity to have like a career prospect there. I feel like it's easier to do it on Twitch these days. Like If you wanted to make a career, I'm not saying that I can or I'm going to, that's not my plan. But if I wanted to, I do want to. Well, here's a suggestion. Let's do some Borderlands 3 twitching. Let's stream it. Absolutely. Right. Let's make a ramble report page on Twitch. Yes. You heard it here first. The birth of the ramble report Twitch page. So, in terms of. Like, Borderland, the Borderlands series is not without its flaws. It does get a bit. It does feel a bit grindy at times, um, because if you're good at the game, you effectively feel like you get punished for it later on. Like, and also, it's incredibly difficult. It's an it's a very difficult game to solo on the higher difficulties. I found that yeah, because so I was I was playing on my own and like kept dying all the time. I was like, okay, so what's the weather reward? It's more the fact that the bosses. So like, if you die during a boss fight. 
and you respawn and you get teleported away from the like the spawn zone, so that when you go back, the boss is back to full health. Now, yeah. on your own, defeating, let's say you're on like true vault hunter mode, which is like very hard mode or whatever, or ultimate true vault hunter mode, whatever that, yeah, the the next difficulty. If you try and solo something on there, you either have to be insanely highly le like a high level, insanely or just nice. somehow somehow avoid all possible damage, don't you? And like you can be good at the game, sure, but at some point you are going to die during the boss fight on your own because if you don't die during any of the boss fights, are the bosses actually difficult? But it just it's something that's really frustrating because. You like you you know yourself that if you just spend enough time you can beat a boss, but if you die then that's it you have to start the fight again and by then you've already wasted all of your ammo. So I do hope they address that in Borderlands Three. That's the biggest thing I had is like wasting your ammo on a boss. Yeah. Because you have three different ammo types, don't you? Yeah. If you're normal, white, green, and purple. No, no ammo. Um. You've got weapon rarity, but all your ammo is like it's just normal. All your weapon. I thought like if you have like a bazooka or something. No, no, it's it's all the same. Oh, I mean, obviously different types of ammunition, but like it's all white, so to speak. Oh, what am I remembering? The weapon rarity. Yeah, I remember having to have to like. It was hard to find ammo for a certain type of gun. Like I always had ammo for my main weapon, but for my secondary weapon. It was hard to get ammo for that. Oh, I think it was a different game. Anyway. Um, so no, I hope they do address that. And yeah. The only other the only other gripe I have with the Borderlands series really is the fact that money is irrelevant. Money only really serves to buy ammo. Like in Borderlands 2. You don't need to buy the weapons, and you don't need to buy the shields and grenade mods and etc. Right? So what do you spend your money on? You only ever spend your money on ammo. It feels like, mm. which kind of makes it a pointless currency. Doesn't ammo really add up though? What? Doesn't it really add up though eventually? Well, no, because if you like, I'm playing through Borderlands Two again with a friend on the DLC, and. We get so far, and like we we run out of ammo regularly and buy more, but we're killing stuff so much that we actually make a absolute shed load of money. And by the time we need ammo, we're like, where did we get half a million from? What? <laughs> like, at this point, we've got more money than we'll ever need. Yeah. And it just it just feels like it's pointless because we're not going to spend it on weapons because that would be stupid. Because you pick you get five weapons every time you kill a thing. So I'm just kind of wondering. Is Borderlands 3 going to make money more useful? Is it going to make it more relevant? I hope they don't have microtransactions. I can't see them... I can't see them employing microtransactions if I'm completely honest. Because it kind of takes away the random nature of the game. I don't want to have any kind of like XP boost things or... Bullshit like that, where you can buy something and you get more ammo, or you get like extra XP gains or extra rep or something that comes in there. No, I think if you remember, but like they keep their gambling very much in the game with the slot machines and the like, all the rest oh, of it. Um, any any DLC for that was uh cosmetic. 
Oh yeah, you also had the, like the story DLC and the arena added. So I think I, I can't see Gearbox going down the route of microtransactions. I can see them adding more loot boxes, more deal, or even that because that kind of takes the fun out of Borderlands. The whole fun of Borderlands is kind of Great it's a loot, loot shooter. It's a loot shooter. Yeah. And you look at you know games that have taken Borderlands concept and ran with it, like Destiny. Destiny didn't doesn't have any kind of loot box system, does it? From I mean, I could be wrong. I, I can't remember. But what I mean is, I don't think if, if it does, it doesn't have a very well advertised one. Because with a loot shooter, it just they just want to encourage you to play as much as possible, and the way to do that is like through random reward. What I can see Borderlands though doing is. What I can see them adding to the game is a battle royale mode, except it won't be a proper battle royale mode. What it'll be is some sort of piss take. Yeah, they would take a piss out of it. Yeah, I, th- I have a feeling it'll be like something like Mad Moxie's. Um, do like a Hunger Games thing, won't they? Where it's like people are like selected and then it's all like a parody. Yeah, something like that. Although they've already done a Hunger Games parody on Borderlands. <laughs> okay. They have, yeah. <laughs> It's in the Thanksgiving DLC on Borderlands 2. There you go. <laughs> what else am I to talk to? Um, next Elder Scrolls game. Ah, see, I've never really fussed about the Elder Scrolls. See, I've always really liked the series, I've really liked the lore, I've always found it really interesting. Uh, Skyrim obviously being the last game that's come out, which is now 8 years old. 7, came out in 2012. 11, 11, 11. Was it? I will never forget that day. <laughs> 11, 11, 11. I took a day out of uni. <laughs> Fair enough. I took a day off uni. Fair enough. To order a Domino's pizza and play the game. <laughs> 11, 11, 11. <laughs> and that point pizza gave me diarrhea like no other. <laughs> and it didn't spoil my day because I had Skyrim. I was like, fuck it, this is not ruining my day. Well, at least you were happy. Yeah, I was like, I can't have to go to the toilet for five minutes. But when I came back, I had Skyrim. So. So they announced the next game then, or? Yeah, called Redfall. Oh, Redfall. Based in uh, either High Rock or Bankerai. It's, yeah, it's, High Rock's a big place, I'm told, in the Elder Scrolls universe. Okay. And the, the place near it called Hammerfell, which is like the desert place, and people are saying it's halfway between there and High Rock or something like that, I don't know. Or maybe it could be both. I mean, Witcher 3 had a huge map. Yeah, that's what yeah, three doing. huge maps. Each one was huge, and the DLC one was huge. I'm thinking at this point in life, you can't release another Skyrim-sized map game. So that should just be one region now in 2019. You need to have a huge map, and I think they'll do it. I think they'll make the game absolutely gigantic. Well, I think I think you're just saying two things there because it's all well and good to have a huge world, but you need to actually fill it with interesting shit. Ah, they will. But that's what I mean. Like it's, it's I do <laughs> But you just said if it's in a desert, like a lot of that is going to be empty. Yeah, desert. I always get really bored of the deserts. You have to, you have to do something with them, like do like an Egyptian twist where you have like a big city in the desert, and then in between the deserts you have like tombs and like you know, some kind of pyramids or whatever. That'd be cool. I really like what they did in um, Breath of the Wild with the desert region. What they do? You could do sh- you you could like do shield surfing. You could like you bought a thing and you could grab a seat like a sand seal, oh, and you could just like skate through the desert on your shield, being pulled by a seal. I still have to play that game, you know. I still have to, I've played it. I still have to complete it. Breath of the Wild two coming out as well. 
when's that? Like sometime, I don't know when. Oh, it's just been announced. Be announced. Yeah. But Breath of, Breath of the Wild, in terms of huge maps, you talk about The Witcher 3, I think Breath of the Wild actually has a bigger map. So Zelda games, well, it's crazy to think that was a oh, they completely In terms properly. of, in terms of uprooting the concept of what you think the series is, that is the biggest shift Nintendo have ever made with one of their core franchises. Would you say it westernized it a bit? Oh, absolutely. Well, with the with the theme mm. of the RPG, like like how you play it and how it acts as like. I don't know, because Zelda always played a bit differently in most RPGs in the sense that. You, you didn't necessarily you you didn't level you didn't gain experience you didn't you just gained equipment and it was just very formulaic in terms of you did it in this order both asian and western japanese sorry asian and western games have always had that kind of xp thing on their rpgs yeah which is why i don't think rpg is really appropriate to describe zelda as um it's more of a action adventure game really so like the Japanese, they had Final Fantasy, while we had like Baldur's Gate mm. and like Dungeons and Dragons and Ultima yeah. and all that stuff, which was the same thing. You know, it was, it was like a lot of it was turn-based. You had XP, which is different styles. Yeah, absolutely. And Zelda, like you said, there was no XP. I can remember having to get. You just upgraded your heart, didn't you, and killed the boss. But it, it has spoiled me for open-world games. So I hope uh, Red was it Redfall you said. Oh, Breadfall, I hope Witcher 4, when it eventually comes out, I hope Cyberpunk 2077 take cues from Zelda in the sense that in the map in Breath of the Wild, if you saw a mountain in the distance, you could walk there and everywhere in between, it wasn't just part of the horizon. <laughs> Joe, it's really funny when you say that. What? That's exactly what Todd Howard said when he was advertising Skyrim and like a Q&A, he was going, see that mountain over there? You can climb it. And it turns out you couldn't. Oh. Really? Yeah, and the song made a video with him <laughs> spliced over the song Tell Me Lies. Oh, tell right. me lies, tell me sweet little lies. But it's just him going, you can work that mountain over there. Thousands of voiced NPCs, tell me lies, tell oh, me sweet God. little lies. <laughs> it was a load of lies as well. But yeah, that's, that's what I'm... People that, eat it up, it's just funny. That's what I want. I want to be able to like, say, like, that makes it a true open world game in my eye that you're like, I want to go there and I want oh, to dude. see, I want to explore there. Yeah. You open your map and you can set a waypoint and you can just walk there. I played a game that did that. No load time. Yeah. And, you know, I would settle for a smaller map if that was the case. I'm, I'm very pleased Breath of the Wild has such a huge map to explore. <laughs> But just in terms of if a game does it, I don't mind if it's a smaller map as long as it's like it just feels bigger when you can do that, where you don't have to swap between areas. Yeah. Mm. I need to get Switch. Speaking of Switch, the next I've also on my list is Pokemon Sword and Shield. Are those the next one? Yeah, that's so. I've the only game the game so far that I've pre-ordered are Borderlands and Pokemon, just because. And that's coming out for what platform? Switch. Yes, the first home console Pokemon game, so again, a big, I mean, arguably a big jump for Nintendo. But at some point you have to go, like, if you've got to release Pokemon games, you have to release a new handheld, and have a bit of flagship game, which we've done before, like, three times, mm -hmm. or you could have to eventually put it on a console. Yeah. They seem to have changed, they've changed the way in terms of, the only change they've done really is, like, in terms of 
the number of Pokemon you can catch because they're saying, you know, normally the tagline of the series is gotta catch them all. Sure. In this one, they've actually limited the number of Pokemon you can have access to. And not just in the region, so you know the whole Pokemon bank up. They've released that Pokemon Life thing recently. You can't actually transfer every Pokemon generation onto the new game. Mm-hmm. Currently. Because the reason stated was it's hard to balance a game for that many Pokemon. So basically, you can transfer over the Pokemon that you can actually catch in-game. So that means you're not going to have your Mewtwo. You're not going to have your Giratina. You know, you're not going to have your Rayquaza. They're not going to be movable to the game. But you can move, say, you know, your Pikachu. Your... But why, though? Like, well, they said balancing reasons, but if you want to, like, customise your own online game, where it's... you don't give a shit about balance, you're going to have fun. No, but that's it. It's about balance. It's about trying to balance the abilities. Because you've seen some broken tactics in Pokemon. People do abuse broken tactics. That's what I mean, though. Like, if you create a lobby where you're playing with your friend and you say, okay, no rules, balance is out the window, we don't give a shit, we're just having fun. We're fully aware that there's no balance in this. We're just using the most powerful Pokemon we can find. Let's just go crazy. That would be cool. If you just let people transfer them for that reason. Honestly, what I think they're going to do is do it to keep people interested in the game. So in terms of like, let's, you know how they've done with Pokemon Go, where they've released one generation at a time. I think they're probably going to do something similar to that. Right. Because they, have, they haven't outright said, this is it. This is, like, we are never going to add support for the other Pokemon. It launched, so it won't support everything, which I'm fine with. Does this new game have new Pokemon anyway? Yes, it does. Right. What region is it in now? Uh, Galar region, and it's based on the UK. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I'll just show you the medieval thing. It's like industrial, no, it's more like industrial revolution kind of era. <laughs> okay. And they've also done away with, largely done away with random encounters, which I could not be happier about. What they've done now. You just see Pokemon like moving in the overworld, similar to Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee that we released last year. That's more realistic, isn't it? Because I want to see Pokemon yeah. in the grass, rather than just aimlessly walking around and yeah. catching a Snorlax, even though I'd see it. Absolutely. And the graphics are going to be good as well. Oh, they they look really good, yeah. And it's actually like a, rather than top down, it's like there. I'm like going to get this game. 26, but I'm going to get this one. They keep releasing these Pokemon games, and it's full world, the people buying them are going to be in their 20s by now, at least. But I'm just hoping for the same magic I had when I played X and Y, because... Honestly, X and Y for me are the best the series has produced. What were they, what were they about again? I can't remember. Uh, no, story was. It was like the big deer thing with the horns, and it was like it was all giving life, and then you had the evil dragon, which was all destruction. Right. What did I play recently? Pokemon game. Sun and Moon. I liked Sun and Moon. Yeah. They tried to break the formula again there, which felt a bit weird. The Aloha thing, wasn't yeah. It? Um, but no, X and Y for me, like when I first picked it up and played it for a bit, it felt like playing Pokemon again for the first time. Okay. So I hope to capture some of that with Sword and Shield, although I doubt it. Because for me, Sun and Moon were good games, but they didn't have that kind of that feeling behind us. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not no Sword and Shield then. I know there are Pokemon based on Swords and Shields. Are they the flagship 
Pokemon? It's basically like some, it's a variation of a dog of some kind. One of them has like a, short, a shield on its chest and one of them's like carrying a samurai sword in its mouth. <laughs> it's based on England, is it? <laughs> How many dogs do you see in the UK with samurai swords in the mouth? Or shields for that matter. No, you'd be surprised. What <laughs> samurai sword is, man? What the hell? It's nothing to do with those Pokemon that are ghost types and also sword and shield, though. Yeah, you think they're Aegislash, which is... Yeah. Uh, yeah. What issues then? That'd be more interesting. Like a Mega Evolution version of them? That'd be, that'd be cool. Oh yeah, there's no more Mega Evolution either. There is now Giant. It just makes them, like, fucking massive. <laughs> I like Mega Evolution. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as a concept. Even though it broke the game in places. They should do Fusion instead. Fusion? Imagine that, Dragon Ball Fusion. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> you get like Pikachu and Gyarados fusing some massive, oh. some amalgamated creatures like, Kill me! No, you're thinking of something, anyth- basically anything fused with muck. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have, I mean, you can't code that. You'd have to have like certain combinations that only exist, that like pre like, pre-exist. So you have like... Well, you know how they've got that weird, uh, like, you know, the Pokemon breeding stuff? Yeah. You know how they have, like, what you call egg groups or whatever? Yeah, I think so. You should only be able to fuse within egg groups. Yeah. Oh, like, something that's cool, right? Like, if you fuse, like, uh, Ga- uh, Gengar and Mewtwo to get, like, a shadowy Mewtwo ghost. Yeah, that could work. That'd be pretty sick. But like, then, yeah, if you could do it, in du- you'd have to be able to do it in double battles. Yeah, it'd only be temporary as well. You can't have a Pokemon that's fused forever. They would only exist in double battles, yeah. No fusion battles. They have to wear a little earring and then do the dance and put their fingers together. <laughs> they get fused. Uh, oh, they do it wrong and then they get all like fucked up. You've got to do like a dance dance revolution type button input. It's like, <laughs> XX1! Oh, if you're really hardcore, you've got to get the dance dance revolution pad that you stand on. Maybe do it with your friend in real time. <laughs> to fuse. Last week, yeah, the last Pokemon game I played was, yeah. Um, no, it was Sun or Moon, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely Sun and Moon, yeah. And um, I remember getting to the last part of the game where you fight the every single boss from every single game. Oh, yeah. You fight, like, the Magma and Aqua and Plasma dudes, and then... Oh, that was the Team Rocket thing at the end, wasn't it? Right at the end, you fight Giovanni, yeah. You got the toughest one. Yeah. Good game. I still think Inter... I don't know, like, I did enjoy X and Y, and for me, they are the top of the series, but I don't know, there was something magical for me about uh, Gold and Silver. I like Gold and Silver. Silver was one of my favourite games for a while. Yeah, they also feel like one of the biggest Pokemon games as well, because your post-game is the previous game. Yeah. (laughs) Go back and do it again. But no, apart from Borderlands and Pokemon, that's all that's on my radar for the time being, because I'm kind of, like, there's just too much media to consume, and you tr- you can't get excited about all of it, and you, you're trying to think, like, when am I going to have time for this? And I, I want to give my time to uh, to the ones I really, really like. I'm trying to think what else is coming out of my radar, something. That's it, really. Like, even like a video game. Cyberpunk's biggest one coming out. But even that's got way. Oh, um, Bloodlines Masquerade 2. Oh, really? Yeah, I played the original Bloodlines Masquerade. Uh, Masquerade. Yeah, Bloodlines the Masquerade. Or Masquerade Bloodlines. Something like that. I can't remember. But I played oh, the right, shit out of it. 
vampires in LA, RPG. You pick a clan, you pick a bloodline. Uh, you right. start the game as, as like a newborn, and depending on what clan you pick, you have different kind of like abilities. Okay. Like if you have, if if you like a torador, you can subdue people really easily. You sort of like a traditional kind of like sexy vampire, or if you're a gangrel, you're a bit more like a beast who rips people's throat out. Or you can be like a Nosferatu where you're really ugly and you have to stick to the sewers, otherwise people will try and kill you on sight. Okay. And there's all this thing, and uh, they're bringing out the second one. It's been a good 15 years since the first game came out. 15 uh, How Maybe long? Maybe longer? It hasn't been stuck in development hell, has it? No, I don't think so, no. But they've released a few... I, I don't know the information behind why it's taken so long. I think the original company went under, so someone else has bought the rights to the game. Some new company, I can't remember the name of it, but they're baking it first person only now. Where the original game you could go third person, sorry, first person or third person, but um, you know, you're locked into first person now, which a lot of people are a bit skeptical about. And I don't know what depth the character creation is at. It's very important to me in RPGs is being able to create a character. I don't like being given like a character that I to look out forever that I don't like. Yeah, I can kind of understand that. The thing about Cyberpunk again is you can create your own character and the customization options do seem pretty in depth. See, that's kind of why I, I like Borderlands because you don't have to spend time customizing your character because you're just given a character. I like being able to though. It immerses me more, especially with a game like Borderlands isn't that much of an RPG though. I think, I think that's why I prefer it. It's basically a sitcom. It's a sitcom with guns. You don't have to think about it. You just no, get in exactly. and shoot things. The story is really it's irreverent and it's hilarious. Yeah, it's and you say it doesn't matter. I actually do get quite invested in the plot of Borderlands. Sure, yeah, because if you do, you do, but like you don't have to. It's more about. I think with that, it's more about not the plot. It's about how the character. You, you just want to keep playing to see how the characters are interacting with each other. Yeah, it's almost like a Tarantino movie. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of movies, I think I need to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I have seen it. It is really good. Don't tell me anything. I am not going to spoil it for you or the listeners. Good point. I know better than that. When did you see it? Uh, Sunday. Where did you see it now? Two days ago. Did you see it this morning? That's all I'm going to say about it, otherwise I'll be tempted to ask for spoilers. I want to see it. But I'm glad it's good. I've never seen a bad Tarantino film. I didn't like Jackie Brown, but I'm not saying no. it's bad, I just didn't like it. No, okay. I felt like there wasn't really much going on. I feel like that about most of his films. Well, not much going on. The one that had the most coherent plot, probably for me, was Kill Bill. It was a very clear revenge story. I think they're all coherent, it's just... Ah, Death Proof was a bit... It's not strictly disjointed. It was disjointed. That was him and um, Rodriguez as well. But it just felt a bit disjointed, is all I'm saying. Oh, delightful. You're gonna make a habit of that? Yeah, then you get like Pulp Fiction. <laughs> then you get like Pulp Fiction. Which is obviously not in a chronological order at all. It jumps all over the place, but it works. You can find the chronological Pulp Fiction on YouTube. Oh, really? Audio. Oh. Guess past copyright by doing that. <laughs> How weird. But no, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is worth a watch and really good performances from 
Brad Pitt and DiCaprio, DiCaprio especially. Yeah, he's not going to get an Oscar. But he doesn't need it. The Oscars are the Oscars are a complete shambles anyway. They're meaningless. I think a lot of people say that because they haven't got one. Like I think I like I feel like a lot of people who don't have them say it, but a lot of people who do don't say that. I think it comes from a very bitter place to say that. Like oh, it means nothing to me. When in reality, I bet these people are like, oh god, I wish I had a fucking Oscar. Fuck you, Daniel Day Lewis, take any single Oscar. They're like, fuck you, man, give me one. You're right, DiCaprio does deserve one. He deserved one for Wolf of Wall Street, I don't know why they get it. But no, um, a good example of why the Oscars are pointless is... You know Al Pacino? Yeah. Al Pacino won an Oscar for Scent of a Woman. Right? You know that very memorable, incredible film, Scent of a Woman? No. No, exactly. You know what film he did before that? Scarface. Yeah. He should have got the Oscar for Scarface. He didn't. He got it for a shit film. Which is what I mean. It's politi- the whole thing's political. Like, they realise, like, oh, he should have won it for this film, actually. We didn't give him it for this film, or, like, give him it for this film. And it just feels kind of like. It just feels cheap in a way, you know? Yes. I mean, I have no idea what these actors are thinking. Or what the Oscar or the Academy's thinking. It must be pretty convoluted system of trying to decide what gets what. I don't know how they even decide it. Is there a vote? I don't know. I think it's like a body, like a council. I think it's like 12 people going to a room, and if there's black smoke out the chimney, they'd get uh, a sign the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of sacrificial lamb involved. No, it's a sacrificial prepubescent teen. Well, that's it with Hollywood, isn't it? <laughs> Instead of walking on thin ice. Oh, yeah. And stuff like this. Yeah. Um, what's that? Who's that guy who got sent to prison recently and died? Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, he was the he was a big Hollywood kind of financial guy, wasn't he? That is a podcast for another day because I do want to talk to you about that. It's a really funny meme I saw about that. Um, actually, the Oblivion meme, which is an Elder Scrolls game. So a bit of context in Elder Scrolls Oblivion, there is, you can join a group called the Dark Brotherhood yeah. or Assassins. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the missions involves going into a prison and killing someone. And someone sent me a meme where it just replaced all the names of him and what he does. So like, our target today is a financier named Jeremy <laughs> Epstein, and then he believes he is safe in prison. We will show him how wrong he is. <laughs> it's a picture of the guy talking to him. So good. Well, it's more the fact that his death is unusual. Like, they don't understand how he died, but I, I do want to discuss this because this is like a conspiracy. Like, yeah, the other thing lot. is weird. Really weird. People vanishing like that. It's happened before as well. People have vanished for things. I mean, he didn't vanish. He, he, he died. I, mean, I know. That's, that's basically <laughs> what it's called for, isn't it? He vanished. He's dead. He's sleeping with the fishes. He went on a holiday to Belize. Yeah, exactly. He bought a farm. Um, well, the whole like, the, if you think about when people go disappearing and stuff, how often do you think that happens in the world of espionage? Um, just vanishing. 
Probably quite a lot. Yeah. Like CIA and MI5 and all that, just making people gone. I wonder what he did. I'm guessing it's because he had a lot of information that they didn't want to get out. That would have ruined a lot of careers. Well, I think that's exactly... Yeah, that's exactly just it. Just silence him. Like, we, don't, we can't have you talking. There was a lot of powerful people connected to him, such as, you know, Prince Andrew as well. Man, this goes like, so deep. This is like so fucked. So many people are connected to him. People you think would the, never be like involved. Prince Andrew, which fair enough, he's not really a powerful figure, but he's direct he's directly connected to the British monarchy. Um And you probably have a shit. Donald Trump, president of the United States, got connections. And that's just on the surface. How many people was this man connected to? I mean, you might have just got good connections on a career level. And just happen to also be a nonce. Mm. Is that? Mm. But then you obviously got a skeptic in your head going, oh, wait, maybe he was connected to these people who probably were probably noncery. If he had parties and they were drunk, then I, I fully suspect some untoward things went on. We've seen the whole Pizzagate thing. That's, that's a whole other thing as well. Uh, yeah, Pizzagate's incredible. Fucking mad. Like the emails that went out. Yeah. They don't, they don't help themselves by saying things like, here's your pizza related map. What is a pizza related <laughs> map? What does that mean? Why are you saying emails like that? You are a weirdo. You Maybe you are speaking in the code. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just when the email said we have some tasty treats for you away yeah. in the pool, I was like, for fuck's sake, you know that Philadelphia episode, are we the tasty treats? Oh, they're yeah. definitely tasty trees, dude. It's like there is, like, it's like you look at it. It's like this is ridiculous. There is no conspiracy. You read the email. It's like, oh, oh why? It's like for fuck's sake. <laughs> it would just be too much. Is the email fake? Has it been doctored? You know, there's always possibilities in this day and age for that happening. Like fake news is really like it gets a bit sophisticated when you take into account mm-hmm. Photoshop and all that crap. For some people, right, some Photoshop, they can maybe believe anything you see. Yeah, then some just, people aren't as well. But then you've got other experts that can kind of debunk things. But then, yeah, I don't know. Everything just—it's uh, everything's fucked. <laughs> the world's a fucking place. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I don't want to know about. Like, if someone said to me, "You want to know everything?" I'm like, hell, no. One thing's for certain: like, there's the stuff that's going on in Hollywood, like in the background, that I don't want to be a part of. No, absolutely not. And thankfully, I probably never will be. But I'd always wondered, like, which of my favourite actors and my favourite directors compromised? Morally, or in any other way? I'm just hoping there's nothing about Tarantino. Yeah, I mean... he's. I mean, he's publicly, he's publicly a weirdo. Yeah. And he's, he's got that whole foot fetish thing, which is very well documented. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, he doesn't seem the. That's the thing. When you say he doesn't seem the type, they never do. No, usually, but like, I think he some he do like priests. He's like, I think basically he's creepy, but he's, he's not criminal. He's a geek. Yeah, he's a creepy kind of geeky guy. He's a bit eccentric in his, in his kind of in his, in his imagery. Yeah, like supposedly for you know death. That's it. You know death proof. Yeah. Supposedly for the audition for that Mary Elizabeth Winstead who played one of the cheerleaders. 
Um, she had to turn up in shorts and flip-flops. Okay. And apparently she said she put her foot just on the table. Like, when she went in, just to... <laughs> just to see what happened. Yeah. But um, she knew. But, yeah, he's got a very well-documented foot fetish. It's bizarre. Yeah, but... So I'm just kind of wondering, like, if someone's that publicly a weirdo... <laughs> Like, what a dark, dark things are they hiding? Or maybe they don't have anything to hide. But if like, if that's if that's the stuff you've decided you want people to know, <laughs> Alex Jones is obsessed with this whole conspiracy behind Hollywood, like the paedophiles and stuff. He takes it to a whole new level as well. He believes that it's conspiracy. <laughs> he himself is Bill Hicks, though. That's the thing. He is comedian Bill Hicks. People come, keep saying that. Well. Joe Rogan says that. Oh, he didn't. He didn't say it. Or oh, yeah, he does. He says it jokingly, but he believes that um, the pedo- the paedophiles in Hollywood, or pedophiles in American film, which I find way more entertaining to say, um, received like these transmissions from <laughs> from interdimensional beings. Who aren't aliens, by the way? These aren't aliens. Right. <laughs> These are psychic vampires who are like, who exist on like a fourth dimension to us. Okay. So they're in the same plane as us, but we can't see them. <laughs> and he says, I've seen the clockwork elves. Because <laughs> <laughs> he took drugs once. He took, the, he took uh, what, DMT. DMT, yeah. He took DMT oh, and he started, he started hallucinating clockwork elves. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> clockwork elves? What does that even mean? What the fuck is what that? What does that mean? Clockwork oh elves. <laughs> and he's, he's fully that, is, that is a band name. <laughs> that is a band name. <laughs> clockwork elves. <laughs> yeah, so he took the DMT, he saw clockwork elves. Now he believes that the clockwork elves are in cahoots with these dimensional beings who are transmitting <laughs> information to pedophiles. So the pedophiles, and he believes the pedophiles, are the sorry, the pedophiles. <laughs> he calls them pedophiles. So I'll just keep saying that. He believes in his 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 words. The pedophiles are part of a global conspiracy to transcend the natural order. It's a conspiracy. And exist in like a like a techno technocracy. He calls it. Yeah, where yeah. They, they become immortal through technology and they molest kids forever. I don't, I don't know. Okay. But that's what he believes. Okay. And he said it's all a huge thing in Hollywood. Like, he claims he'd been, he's been invited to these Hollywood parties where he gets to go on a private jet and the satanic rituals. <laughs> Alright, cool. <laughs> and he's like, uh, oh, weird shit as well. Is it, like... If he's on DMT all the time, it explains so much. He claims it that makes... he doesn't need DMT anymore because it's integrated with his DNA. Um, <laughs> that's because he's taking too much DMT. I think it just shattered his mind. It absolutely has. He also claims that every dream he has is so lucid that it feels like a 40-year walking nightmare every time he walks into bed. <laughs> Why is this lunatic still alive? <laughs> He claims that like his waking life is only forty percent of his existence, and that when, he, when he sleeps, he's like in a completely different like realm where he can like travel and become. I have reached the fourth dimension. He believes that when he goes to sleep and has a dream, like that's the dreamland is his, and he gets to exist in this new life. 
it's a very he's a very interesting man. But yeah, he's one of these people who believes fully in the Hollywood thing, and that there's like paedophile rings and stuff. We've gone completely off topic, but it's a good thing to talk about. It's interesting. No, it's all media related. Yeah, Hollywood and produced media, and we are the Ramble Report. We're rambling. We are rambling as advertised. Yeah, if people have a problem with that, you wanted it, and we delivered, folks. Fuck off and listen to Joe Rogan. He stays on topic. Usually, we were not. That's because he's a professional. He's a professional conversation. We are not. It's actually a very good one, dude. And any other plugs apart from Joe Rogan podcast? Um, I don't know any other <laughs> podcast to be honest. That's the only problem. Um, I'm not that big on podcasts, which is funny given that I've been doing them. For the next episode, folks, maybe next week, week after, who knows? We'll see. We'll do a podcast podcast. Podcast on podcast. That's very meta. It is. And I think it's worth doing. We'll do a podcast on podcasts. So there you are, on that note. This is the Ramble Report signing off. Yeah, for another week. Goodbye. Goodbye.